You having a good time? Yes. You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black Jewel Power, nigga. This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurface your fucking swimming pool. I, you know how that makes me feel? Never resurface you think your life is more anything. I don't know who said that. I was looking up news uh, of, uh, like, stories about the two... Uh, middle-aged men i think they're two oh, middle-aged yeah. mm. but the first article is times of israel and the headline is uncut gems uses age-old jewish stereotypes non-stop why is there no backlash in his latest film adam sandler depicts <laughs> a sleazy greasy greedy dishonest diamond businessman how have he and the jewish directors avoided criticism Wait, what, what, what do you think he about He calls that? him a schmuck. I saw an article by Vogue. Who calls him a schmuck? Because he's a schmuck. That's what out, like Adam Sandler is. And Vogue said, Vogue was like, how uncut gems made a schmuck fashionable again. Or like some... The, the phrase schmuck. What, what publication is that? Times of Israel. Yeah, I feel like that's quite a right-wing uh, yeah, Zionist, Zionist newspaper. But um, probably just because it doesn't show like Jews as the master race that... The, the the Times of Israel thinks it's anti-Semitic. I don't know. Oh, we might go viral off that. <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that's the soundbite to go viral. Uh, no, I think the depiction of Jewish, like like middle upper class, kind of uh, Jewish wealth, in specifically in New York, is like I mean, pretty on point. Yeah, it's also like very New York specific. I don't know that. Um, you know, it feels like sort of Jewish stereotypes. Obviously, they are Jewish, like sort of New York stereotypes, but there are a few things you could take out. Well, so it could just be New York. It's based on mm. their father. Mm. Uh, who or I'd his like, his his career. Yeah, it'll, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think... He I wasn't a diamond... Was he a... Yeah, a, I think he was. A jewel? Like a jewel. I think, I think the, the Jewish specificity is... um Maybe it's a bit niche, but it's like loving like black people and, and hip-hop and, and black uh, sports does that's but that is quite a jewish uh trait which is um i don't know if it's been shown and, and in they the address like it that. in dialogue you know the guy yeah, yeah, like totally. what is it with with you dudes <laughs> and basketball? yeah basketball and the, and the thing about the rap videos and just the way that he kind of acts and look, look at his kid like his kid is kind of um like has like african-american um affectations and i think it's just it, it's just quite well like embedded in the film, mm. um, which, but it doesn't make like such a point of it. But I think it's, yeah. Jews love black people. Actually, just reading this article, it seems like the headline <laughs> was just click clickbait. Uh, Not the Times of Israel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not possible. Um, and then the other thing is obviously, and the other thing it's done quite well is that when you find out that um, Eric Bogosian's his brother-in-law. Um, aren't the uh, he's called Arno the character? Uh, he's also like the only non-Jew at the Seder. Yeah. So he kind of then becomes like the outcast and the one who is he a non? Is he yeah, non-Jewish? Yeah, non-Jewish? But where where does that uh, uh, where is that exposited? Because I didn't pick up on. Uh, I think the well dad says like how he could he, like he doesn't know the prayer when they're going around nah. the table and they have to skip him. And then Adam Sandler does. You know Adam Sandler does the yeah, does yeah. reads it out in um English and then his his mom repeats it. In Hebrew, I think his mother-in-law, right? Or, his or maybe it's no, I think it's his mother who does it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Because he's at his mum's, he's at his father-in-law's house. Oh, right? maybe, so yeah. Anyway, but I think yeah, un- but unimportant. Um, huh? Are you Jewish? 
Uh, or just only only the good half. <laughs> this is like Seattle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is like <laughs> oh yeah. Fil- the coming out. Oh no, party. sorry. Yeah. What? You, do you read out. villains? What? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I read somewhere that h- I think he's meant to be like Armenian or something. Yeah, and he is, and the actor's Armenian. Yeah. yeah. But but um. He was great. But then like um, there's a bit of dialogue when um, the character Gooey, who's the one who, it's his Adam Sandler's character's uncle who who bids and who gets him to bid for yeah. the auction. He says about. Oh no, oh, it's like having a stranger in your own house yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. And it's because he's not Jewish. Um, mm. Yeah, and 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 the. Um, I thought it was just because he didn't like him. <laughs> I get, I guess no, but I don't, um, Howard actually then defends him at that point. It's kind of, uh, kind of weird, but um, and then all of like Arno's henchmen that make a lot of anti-Semitic slurs. Check this, the National Review, right? Oh. Movie review, colon. Adam Sandler drama, Uncut Gems, a bad boy hipster fantasy. <laughs> the National Shalini, Review. Shalini, have you got anything to say about that? That's like a conservative Consider- cons- yeah, exa- yeah, considering uh, the National Review. Just considering it's your favourite publication. Uh, no, no. no it's <laughs> what not. does it say again? Bad boy hipster. Hipster fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it kind of does point. just... It kinda, yeah, <laughs> it is kind of the point. It does feel like the Safdie brothers are just sort of like jerking themselves off in a way. <laughs> Sorry. Incest. Um, <laughs> not together, <laughs> or maybe their dad. In a room separately. They're going down on Adam Sandler <clears throat> with one knot in each mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Oh my god! Um, I mean, it was a really stressful film, man. I was stressed out the entire time. It was um, chaos. But you, but for the record, mm-hmm. sh- you watched it on the TV at home. I did watch I it. Watched First it of all, the I think oh, I think I understand that. But this was my Charles my biggest yeah. issue with Netflix. Down, this is like down, my major screen. criticism to Netflix night. is that they really fucked up with that one because like the entire nature of of that film just relies on it being watched from it beginning had a to end. It, that's not yeah, Netflix, well, though. That's, that's A24, right? Well, whatever. It culture. just should not have been on Netflix. It, that was the only film that, I guess, proved to me that, you well, know, the, f- the failures of Netflix. No, it was, I, should, don't I don't think it should have come out that soon, yeah. I think. I think I they should have let the release go on. I mean, it's like, arguably, The Irishman, I mean, we were talking about this, but, like, who's going to watch The Irishman three three hours? And Let's see those numbers. Seeing Uncut Gems on a laptop for the first time, but... I oh, I don't know. They need to, or like, does can Netflix have a function where, like, you know, when I try and watch Love Island on ITV, anytime I click off, it stops right away. So ITV has their game down for making sure that yeah. you do not take your eyes off the screen. Until <laughs> the ads show up. Is that because of ads, though? Ten minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. it is because of ads, but, you know. Yeah, it's more respectful of the artists involved. Yeah. So I had to watch it twice. I had to sort of watch Love it once. Island. No, not Love Island. (laughs) Uncut Gems. Uh, Because I had to stop and start and then sort of rewatch it. The thing is, the sound design is quite sick. Uh, Yeah, the music. Wait, I'm sorry. I can't, can't, like, not say this, but The Weeknd is such a bad actor. I got to lead with this. I'm so sorry. Is he? I I didn't really, like, clock it too much. I was kind (laughs) of like, whatever. He was, the bit where he's, like, fooling around with that, the girl, and he's like, Oh, touch my dick. I was like, it took me <laughs> completely feel out. The f- yeah, feel how hard it was. It completely <laughs> took me out of the film. Because like I was I'm like, so distracted. Ah, I was like, because you're playing yourself, dude. Like, how the. F- because I thought maybe <laughs> there's. Actually, Where's the black this light? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a director question. Is it. Do you think it's harder to play, like, yourself 
in a fictional setting because Kevin Garnett did it. I well. was about to say, how amazing was he? He was great. Yeah, that's why I was great. like, what the fuck? I think it's quite hard to play yourself in a fictional setting if you're really just self-aware mm. and yeah. But he's barely on screen. Yeah, he's I barely know, on screen. when he did come on, I was yeah. genuinely distracted. Maybe because I was also like, "What year?" Is a lot of people are saying you hate 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, a lot of people are saying you hate hated the weekend scene, but I thought it was quite like kind of great. <laughs> yeah, I thought how it, I Howard thought that whole scene there. and him in that Howard shirt and just yeah. the whole. Yes. I've, I've, <laughs> I felt like, and you know what? When we rewatched it, mm-hmm. we we spoke about. I mean, I think that scene's great. It's a great signifier of who this guy is because mm-hmm. he, yeah, Howard, because even though he's like this middle-aged guy, he clearly doesn't fit in and he's a bit, he's delusional and whatever. He's got the balls mm. to like lunge at this like <laughs> superstar, well, basically. Well, he's completely delusional. Yeah, he's he's, delu- he's, he's completely like, he, yeah. delusional. He, there's, he, the joke, there's the joke where he goes, tell this guy like, his career's over. I know every uh, DJ in this city. Yeah. I think my favorite scene was the one before that. It's probably the only scene I really liked, to be honest, because I just felt. What was the scene? Oh, uh, with the daughter. With the daughter. I yeah, thought that was great. great. That was a great just scene. A microwave just like watching of the her dad and just being like, oh, I'm just so not interested in you. I don't know. It just felt so real. And she's amazing. It, it felt sad, really it authentic. It's sad yeah. as well. Um, and I think it gave us a little bit of an insight into into his mental state or what he must be feeling and empathizing with him. I had a really hard time empathizing with him because mm. the entire time I was like, why aren't you just doing the logical thing? Do you know what I mean? What I was is like, the logical thing? Well, I don't know. Like in all of, these different, <laughs> all of these different circumstances, like when, um, so he gave the diamonds to Kevin Garnett. I was like, why the fuck? That was the first mm. time yeah, I was he like, ga- he gives the diamonds be- because we spoke about this. He gives the diamonds because he wants to be this guy's friend. It's like, it's like an investment as yeah. well, isn't it? It's like and he gets wealthy, the photo on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, and also he knows he's going to come to him to buy more stuff. Yeah, I guess it just felt contrived to me. And I'm like, the logical thing would be to say, no, this is too precious. I'm sorry, I'll give you anything else. Or, I don't know. Like, But it's because he's gambling and he's hoping that that, that you know that, that he could gamble on that. Wait, do you think he brought out... So when he gets the diamond, he brings it out. Do you think he brings it out gen- like hoping that Kevin Garnett will like it? Or genuinely thinking, oh, I... I think he's just showing off. Just to show off. Okay, so he's just showing off because then, and then when he asks him to borrow it, yeah, I love that bit. You you see uh, Kevin Garnett's life flash before his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. But and then, and that's why I I believed it when he was like, I gotta have this thing, yeah. mm. you know. And he, and then and he d- he does resist a lot. You yeah, know? yeah, but but I guess the second that happened, I was like, all right, we all know what's gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but okay. the movie isn't about Kevin Garnett. Like, I, I would, again, like, we just spoke about Parasite. Yeah. Like, if if the movie relied on its plot to operate, then I, I would agree with mm. that point. But the, it's not about The Rock. Like, all of the events in a movie transpire because of that moment. But at the same time, it's about him and how he deals with it. Yeah, you know, it's so. completely different. It's a character-based film. Yeah. I think my only issue with it is I didn't quite... Uh, I didn't quite understand him. Mm, uh, I, agree. I thought he was very logical to the point where maybe he, it was like, is is he? Does he have a mental health issue? Is it just pure narcissism? Like, yeah. I found it quite difficult to relate to the rest yeah. of the film because it's so heavily carried by him that whenever he made a bad decision, I felt myself. I mean, I think people think differently because you know it's got some great feedback, but I was just every time he did something illogical or like stupid but, I was just like kind of ah. 
it's his own logic, I suppose. Exactly. Which is to I, because he is a gad- on yeah. your chances. Yeah, yeah, but I guess we if, if you don't believe his logic, if you're not invested mm. in his logic, yeah, but there is no true. logic. Like there is logic for him. He he wants to get like it's an addiction for him, right? But because mm. I feel like we start when he's already spiraling down, like I felt like it was quite difficult to to get into that mindset because he's already on the downward spiral and but someone he, who doesn't he have that goes addiction. Up and down throughout. It's not. It's not because in the I first in the first fifty minutes he wins big uh, on the on the bet, right? Yes, yeah. but, but then you it know goes that and then then people gets after yeah. him from yeah. the moment starts basically that yeah. he's in debt. I think it's just when I I don't know. I felt like it, yeah. I felt like it was difficult to relate to him and also follow the story because of that reason. Just because I was like that. There's no other way but down. Difficult in the, in the sense that you didn't believe his actions or, or you didn't get his character motivations. I, or I didn't feel like emotionally invested in it. And I didn't feel like at the end, spoilers, but like at the end, it was kind of like, I was like, okay, that makes sense as an ending. But yeah. I didn't feel like any emotional impact. I wasn't like, oh like my God, no how? Yeah, I was just like, oh my God. If anything, I felt relief for his family. Yeah. Like, thank God <laughs> they're going to be fine now. You know, like, I was mm. just like, yep, he's out of the picture. For the it, wife. Yeah, I thought about his family because I was just oh, like, yeah, fuck's sake. Mm. Like, mm. just, you know, he's just out of the picture now and they're fine. Well, he's, <laughs> like, put, he's putting them in so much danger. Isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, he actually makes them have to leave the house. Um, mm. But, I But I, I kind of, I just read a headline. It said, uh, an unserious man, which is a reference to the Coen <laughs> Brothers film, A Serious yeah. Man, which is about right a film. Jewish guy kind of having a midlife crisis. And... It, but it felt like that mood, mm-hmm. like I related to it in that sense, even though they're very different, they still um, have a very personal approach to uh, the Jewish world and the, like, the characters within that. Um, but I felt like, I can't remember what I was going to say, but the spiraling out of control and the kind of nonsensicalness to it and the kind of, I guess like there's more of a spiritual reading of a serious man and it's very it's built into the script of like what's the thing he keeps saying what is going on and he's looking for answers in through his religion uh for what's going on but I also got that in a weird way or it was like implicit in uh in uncut gems like what was happening almost felt biblical in a sense and and that's not like Mm. Um, a praise I'm just like the whole scenario felt biblical not just because the rock did the, the, the gem the opal did or didn't have some sort of uh, spiritual power yeah. and also like him betting the buzz you get from betting is by putting yourself uh, completely on the line and like yeah. risking everything kind of giving yourself up to to God you know so I've that I guess that's more why I got his things. Like I I understand this risk, this risk chasing it. And in the again spoilers, but if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. then I don't know why you're listening to this. But um, when he decides at the end to gamble the money, mm-hmm. that was when everything came full circle for me. And I was like, this is. That's when I was like, this is the guy. Like you know. Yeah, I guess that's when you realize it's not just it's not just the kind of conventional uh, narrative of a person who makes bad choices. It's more like everything he's done has kind of been like orchestrated chaos because that is his way of yeah, that's what uh, he lives for. Just living mm. and yeah, and and um, maybe it is in a biblical sense like not accepting his fate or yeah, 
Or yeah. Just, or just like, or I guess leave, leaving his fate to things that are outside of his control, but yeah. kind of constantly playing with it, like risking it. And him getting killed at the end, it is like a moment of fate. You know, I, I think it w- w- as the audience, we know that that's inevitable. Yeah. Either, or it feels inevitable when it happens. Well, it feels like a Greek tragedy in that yeah. sense, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, yeah. Because he leads to his own demise. Yeah. Definitely. And turns everyone against him. Um, even mm. at the end when he wins, it's kind of like it, it comes too late because he's already severed so many relationships at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think the sort of like very stereotyped gender, I think, role that he fulfills is quite interesting. And I think that is a character that we all know in some way or or another, just like sort of delusional men that take these massive risks. I mean, like, you know, people always come up with weird statistics about how like more men are millionaires because they're delusional or like whatever Mm -hmm. it is because they're more risk averse. Generally speaking, (laughs) men, generally speaking, men seek uh meaning in, in things larger than themselves or Ye- their families or yeah um and i got that and i like that and i'm interested in characters like that but i guess i guess you know we had seen Fitzcarraldo recently as well and that was so one note it was just about that man and his goal and his obsession and uncut and that's why the moments i liked the best were actually the moments where we saw him interact with his wife and we saw him interact with these women. And, and you felt this kind of disconnect between these two sort of yeah, genders, I guess, of like completely different ways of nag- navigating the world. And But it also happens, those sensitive moments happens when, like when um, it's not just women that it happens with, when um, his son needs to take yeah. uh, a number two or whatever and he goes into the flat and then he... He says, "What's who was the woman staying there?" You know, rah, rah, rah. like that was a moment where you really see his vulnera- vulnerability. You did see him vulnerable, mm. but I kept. I was. I, I thought something was going to ha- come of that. Like I thought it was going to become something bigger. But that's um, why I liked it because it it didn't serve a plot yeah. function. It served an internal function of him being a disgrace. He basically just got rejected by his own wife. She just said she hates looking at him. She's irritated by him constantly. And then his own son, basically. Uh, disapproved of his behavior you know i I guess he's always like on a ticking time bomb (coughs) schedule like the fact that him and his wife are secretly gonna get divorced at some point or that they are they are separated Mm. but but they're waiting until i can't remember when it is like someone goes to college or somewhere yeah so so even even then he's still he's still on on borrowed time in his marriage would have been a good time Borrowed time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. um, no, I think I'm catching. Sounds too yeah. even. Even Similar for them, it's two seventies. Yeah. Um, and then a, a more like literal version of that is with the betting and um and just the way and, and the way he lives his life. Just Monday, I'll get um pawning pawning the ring or whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll get it back on Friday. Yeah. I guess I kept thinking the entire time, like, I would uh, empathize with this character. Would it be like, oh, he's, you know, on borrowed time with his family and his, his daughters don't like him and, his, and you know, everyone kind of hates him. But but if I felt like that was just sort of this, like, a serious man's sort of circumstances where you slowly find yourself in this place where maybe no one notices you and, and, and this is your moment. But it kind of felt like with the Adam Sandler character, it was like, well, everyone hates you, of course, because you're a fucking idiot. And you're making such stupid decisions, like. So but did you, as an audience member, hate him? I didn't. I was, I was like, 
this is my guy like <laughs> i want i want this kind of person in my life because he's not mundane he's not he's like fighting against the elements you know he's he's a punk character in the sense that he i mean he's irresponsible and he's like te- a terrible father he you definitely know, but voted for trump did he <laughs> Do you think? The character. Mm. I reckon he doesn't vote. I think he, he doesn't, doesn't have time. No, I think he voted for Trump. Definitely. If he did vote, it would be yeah. Trump. Right? Definitely. I didn't. He's I didn't dislike his character, but I just felt like I, I literally have no empathy for you. Like mm. I just couldn't give him that energy. Like it was fun watching him, right? But yeah. like, I just thought, oh my god, like you could get run over by a car, and I'd just be like, oh. I definitely wanted him to win that basketball game. Like I was super at that stage. I was just you know like. For Christ's sake, like please win! You know, I just I actually was rooting think, yeah. for him. The borrowed time thing, I didn't think about, and it's obvious now. But like, it, it's that's how the script operates, and that's I mean, that's why the death at the end is inevitable because mm. he he has to get hit by a car mm. at some point. You know, he has to for him to stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he's not gonna. Stop. Yeah, exactly. He either has to lose and they kill him, or yeah. he wins and they kill him. Yeah, you know. But from a gender point of view, I think something we spoke about was um. It, uh, be, you know, it being about men, but it's it, for me, it's a film about men fucking up and women picking up the pieces, and and I, I also like the the seventies influence on that film. Could sh- the 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 girlfriend could have easily been a femme fatale character, and they set her up to be that from the second mm. you see her, but actually she's not. She stays true to him, you know she. She's I like guess, the but the then the woman that picks up the pieces is like a really hot girl that like he watches naked in the. I don't know. I just feel like but there's such a male gaze the to fort, the whole thing. Know? Is she though? Like at the end, do you even remember? But wait, a male gaze in what sense? I don't think the filmmakers are gazing with him. That we're watching him gaze. Yeah. But the, the fi- I don't. I don't. I, don't do I mean, maybe there is. I, I didn't get like a sense of like uh, obvious gaze from from the cinematography. I don't know. I think so that probably someone is said a little to me it was unrealistic that um that she uh masturbates while sexing, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that it was like, oh, oh yeah, sexy. she must really like him because when they're sexing, she's actually into it, rather than like eating crisps. Or and something. she's also so into him, and generally like. It felt you like saying that's unrealistic. Yeah. But I, 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 <laughs> I, th- I think their relationship is quite well drawn because you you assume. Uh, at the beginning, she's like this gold digger, which she is kind of, but it doesn't condemn her for that, which is kind of interesting. But also, you find out over the course of it that they are just very well suited to each <laughs> yeah, other. Yeah, she's as hustlers as well. Yeah, as hustlers. And and yeah. and people who are addicted to a certain type of like danger as fulfillment. That is, it's a bit more than just wanting to be rich and materialism. It's a more kind of like a lifestyle that they have. That mm. that. I feel like it's built over the course of the film, because there's a moment like like George said, there's a moment where you're just thinking like, oh, she's a femme fatale or she's a gold digger or, like she's gonna fuck him over. I think I think crescendoing yeah. in the in the if that's the right way to work, what use the word crescendoing in the um weekend scene in the toilet, <laughs> but then when they have that huge argument in the street afterwards, that's kind of when you start to realize that actually like she is a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not and not just like a film trope character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her comebacks to like the girl that says something shitty. Like <laughs> yeah. she, she, 
It stayed the camera stays uh, with I her. I did like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I did and like that moment. What you, and that's not what you like. What you'd expect. expect yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I do. I do like that he stayed with her, and I do think that in general, the film, I had very different emotions and responses to the film the first half and the second half. Um, I was like way more invested in the second half. Um, I think maybe I was just judging it the entire first time. Because I was like, I'm I mean, we had hyped it up with well, with half. Do you mean like literally the half, or is there like you thinking of a divide? Uh, I'm trying to think of an exact moment, but I think maybe the auction scene. I feel like that's, that's when it switched. What oh, is that? it? I think it's yeah, when they do the auction and then <laughs> yeah, Kevin Garnett doesn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think about I just, you know what when so he puts it when he gets it back when he gets the gem back. Oh yeah, when they get locked. The, what a great and I knew of suspense like. How long did they? That was like five minute scene mm. of them being trapped in the in the glass oh, box. Oh yeah, that's mm. great. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how really long good. are they gonna yeah. draw this yeah. out? Yeah. The security, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, security guards. I'm claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, it felt a bit flat for me. But I do think actually watching it in the cinema probably gives a little extra because people were like yeah i watched Which it prince charles cinema yes. downstairs no 35 not minutes oh, nice. i think it was 35 but um and then people were like gasping people were like laughing mm. blah 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 just like i passing. mean there's a lot of yeah. tension and you were just saying there's a lot of tension but uh, yeah like people use the word anxiety and like i am quite an anxious person and i did not feel it i just felt like you know, it was stressful, but I don't I think that's the same thing as anxiety. I always find it quite m- like mm. uh, misleading when people dis- d- describe films as anxiety-inducing because, yeah. like, anxiety feels awful. Like, it feels really exactly. shit. You would never go and see a film that actually makes like gen- yeah, makes it's just quite genuine. stressful. Yeah, it's yeah. stressful. It's, 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 it's just it's like frenzy. It's like yeah, the, the tempo yeah. is like yeah, it make it makes you on edge. But that's not as like people. It's like it's like having a panic attack. It's like yeah, no, no, it's definitely no. not. If it's like having a panic attack, you'd be like. Yeah, on the floor, like. Yeah. Well, that would crying. be triggering. There'd be a trigger warning before the film. Yeah. yeah. I find um, it quite. I think it's quite difficult to like feel anxious at something that I don't like. I'm not fully invested in. Like, I felt anxious during. I've already mentioned this once today, but like a separation by Fahadi. Mm-hmm. I felt very anxious during that because I felt like it was super relatable. Mm-hmm. But with this, I just felt like, oh my god, everyone's talking at the same time. It's stressful. It was right. really stressful yeah, so with all of the sounds. God, but yeah. but have, have you in the beginning as well. No, no. Like that, I, I've only been once, and you used to live there, Shadow, mm-hmm. but like that was what it was like getting mm-hmm. off yeah, at JFK the whole time until you're in your hotel room is like this just barrage of noise and mm. sensory overload. It's it's like being in a store where like the, the, you know, in a toy shop where everything's like crowded in over your head, you know, and like that's what the film felt like. And me and, I mean, I'm watching the film, I think Theo, mm-hmm. you're watching the film in, uh, in relation to their other movies. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen their other films, but like they're New York filmmakers, you know, and they're, yeah. they're, um, it felt genuine. Like yeah. It felt like gritty in that kind of like way. And I think casting real people, I know it can be like a bit of a gimmick nowadays, but yeah. it, it was, w- I think it was well done because there are certain characters in that film who actors couldn't have played. Yes. Uh, like, the, like, but, Particularly the kind of the guys who work in the diamond district. Yeah, and yeah, also and, and those twins. And those, twins. those, yeah. those the, the Safdie brothers actually. Was, no, um, yeah. And no, the uh, <laughs> the loan shark guy was apparently some random guy they picked up off who? the street. The loan shark guy, the guy who ends up shooting 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he was picked off the street. Before, yeah. He was great. Yeah, he felt, really he good. actually, I was surprised that I assumed he was professional. Yeah. But I think in, the films, in, in like a nice way, you can tell, you can tell who's not professional, but that doesn't mean they're amateurish. It just means yeah. that they kind of feel like the real deal. Exactly. And, uh, and there is a difference between that and like student films that cast non-professional actors and they're just like shit at acting. Yeah, difference. no, it definitely does feel authentic. I'm quite curious as to like what you got. I think I remember after I saw it, I was just, I kept asking myself like, what is the film really about? Mm. Um, like what is his, what is this like underlying, you know? Same. I asked the same question. But I think like the film, again, just go like, I think it's a good contrast to Parasite. Like Parasite is a film that knows it's about something and convinced, tries to tell it, like shout at the audience it's about something, but then just fails to connect in my opinion but mm-hmm. this this i mean we clearly have different opinions but and i want to work out what what went wrong in the first 10 minutes as to why we feel differently about it but for me this film was like a, it, it didn't have to be about anything it was about luck it was about chance and it was about like riding like the wave of life if that's too not too big of a fucking statement <laughs> yeah but you know what i guess I mean? but like is it about chaos I, d- I need to know what it's about is it about chaos is it just it about like a game of pac-man uh, where like any turn of the corner you're gonna get eaten but like and it, it's inevitable it's gonna happen if it's just it's how just long you can wait it out you know maybe it was more of a i felt like it was more like an experience you know maybe yeah, like i, I felt like a more film. kind of emotion like again like i didn't feel that emotional but i felt like yeah. it was more about this day in the life of this wacky schmuck guy mm-hmm. and that was it and then I, but the thing is yeah i didn't take much else from it like i didn't think oh my god what is the meaning but i don't yeah. think the, the word experience i think like I, I i don't whenever a film is uh described to me as an experience i th- i i'm immediately turned off like yeah. the german film victoria was describing oh experience. Yeah. it was shit there's a there's like, a list on uh on letterboxd that like a user it was more than like just uh-huh. an experience yeah. i mean i like it i like those films i like films that sort of just take you in you have no idea what you just what just happened but uh, you said that about parasite no but it wasn't an experiential film it's not like one like you know i saw like manta ray which was like this film that was like i don't even know what it was about to be honest it was literally about manta ray and it was just like it was just visually released like just stunning and you just kind of were like in this vortex of just beautiful images like okay i loved mm. it like that's like what it was w- like uh, aquarella that was just such that was an no that was different an experience of waves no but yeah. i think i think when people say oh, it's more of an experience it is usually uh i'm, I'm not saying that's what you're saying about uncut gems yeah but but if this because you didn't like it but people say it in a good way it's usually a slightly pretentious uh signifier yes. there's nothing <laughs> else in the film like the letterbox yeah. list these aren't films; they're experiences. Yes. What's number one on that list? I'm curious. Or is it is it not like, no um, rating? The Shouldn't Revenant or something. Yeah. Oh. Basically, <laughs> films that aren't really about anything, or they're about one thing, uh, stretched for two and a bit hours, mm. shot by um, whatever that guy's called, Terrence Malick. Was <laughs> he called? Lebetsky. Yeah. I really liked the opening uh, scene, though, of Uncut Gems. And I the thought title I was genius, Ryan. Lo- yeah, I thought Oh, I wait, was no, great. sorry, in, 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 in Africa, in Senegal. Was it? Well, in Senegal and into the, the into the colonoscopy. I thought that was great. Like, I just, I, everything that had to do with the gem, I was, like, somehow just But the whole movie has nothing to do with the gem. I know, but I liked all of the gem visuals. Like, right, I don't know. Right, like, right, I just right. loved every time they went into it. It's like this power of this thing. And, like, mm. I don't know. I, I, think, I think the gem is important in the context of his... Um, like 
relationship to Kevin Garnett's success and status as like an Amer- uh, African American athlete, um, because obviously the gem is from e- like he's ripped it off from Ethiopian yeah. miners, and oh, so it wasn't Senegal, it's Ethiopia, right? Correct. I think it's shot in Senegal, but it's meant to be oh Ethiopia. Right. I think I think that's what it's because I think in the credits it says Senegal. I could be right. wrong, but it that rings a bell. But I th- I feel like that discussion. Like the meme, this is how I win, which has like overshadowed it a bit. But the discussion with Kevin Garnett is like quite an intricate um, analysis of how capitalism works in like a more like a much more interesting way than Parasite, um, because it sort of shows two people who are profiting from the system. Like it's not as moralizing, but it kind of mm-hmm. shows the extremities of exploitation. Um, and and the and the different ways it exists in kind of like our everyday enjoyments like sports mm-hmm. or entertainment or just like what like ambition and just generally what drives you um and i feel like that just just the dialogue in that scene is like for me kind of tied up the howard's character with his um kind of position as a subject in in a capitalist society. Yeah, for me, like the mo- the movie actually could have ended there. Like it could have ended with him saying, "Let's do it. Let's make the bet." And there, there's you know the sharks are coming in, and he has the money, and sh- he could have thrown her the money. It could have cut to black, and I it, because yeah, his I character was rounded for me. Then it was like, that's the circle. It's like this. It's just mm-hmm. this cycle, this perpetuation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what it's not like. And it, it gets at that theme in the last... That yeah. would have been the last scene. And I guess it, maybe that the theme is kind of like the thing that is about winning and maximising your profits. And it's very American and as well. people over, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's about like an individualist society in a way of like... Um, and he compares it to Kevin Garnett. Like I think it's quite clever the way Go- Kevin Garnett is brought in as like an entertainer who is excels at what he does. And that he can monetize and off yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah, and and um and he's both like someone who excels but is also a kinda uh, sort of like a pawn in a way. Yeah. I mean, because he's he's like he's an athlete, so he's kinda like his body, I guess, is like owned by a corporation who also profits off him and it's a kind yeah, it's that kind of cycle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. profit and maximizing mm-hmm. your gains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the that reading I of it makes it more interesting. I think, in a way, so. I think it's that scene because I, I I do like I think like it's valid to say what is it really actually, like what's the story actually about? But that scene is kind of where it tied it up a bit for me. Like the, like yeah, mm. it gave it a kind of a weight without the parasite way of being kind of weighty. E- yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a that's a that's a good reading. I want to like I probably have to watch it again to figure out if I find that to be true to me as well. And then listen back. Yeah, exactly. Ma- maybe listen to. Um, I'll just call you Theo. Ask you. No, just have can it you like an audio commentary. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like a museum. <laughs> um, what did you think of the acting? What did you think of Adam Sandler? I have to say, I'm actually I, I like Adam Sandler. I think he was born to play I this fucking liked role. Him. I don't know, like, <laughs> He's great. What's yeah, everyone's favourite Adam Sandler um, performance apart from this? If this is or Punch Drunk Love. Yes. It's got to be big. big no, daddy, like apart big from it, I mean maybe like apart the from the Water Boy. 
um, like, like real saying he's really good in that uh what's big daddy that's um what's his name who did uh oh yeah from drake and josh no who did uh that is the kid though josh by the way Oh, I've forgotten the name of him now. Who's the guy who did the director. No Country? Not no. Oh, no wait, there will be blood. There will be blood. Oh, Punch Chunk. Cool. It's Punch Chunk Love. Yeah. Yeah, Punch Chunk Love. Yeah. He loved Big Daddy apparently. Oh, really? I listened to A twenty four. Yeah, I yeah, listened to A twenty four podcast. He's also really good oh. in like, Happy Daddy. Gilmore. He's Happy uh, Gilmore. I think Happy Gilmore's got quite direct links to Uncut Gems in a way. <laughs> I love Happy Gilmore. Is that where you? What's your favorite? Uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore definitely. But I think there are like the. Yeah. Did oh. you guys watch Spanglish? Watch that was actually a good I film. did see Spanglish, yeah. yeah. I like Spanglish. Spanglish. Like okay. Adam Sandler just so knows good. what he's doing. The, the like Jennifer Aniston rom-com on Netflix is good as well. Which so one? Oh, I started Mother watching Mystery. that and I... Oh, decent. Was it decent? Yeah, it's okay. quite good. Okay. Like I'll uh, give it a shot. He's just got this got way of... Chemistry. He's got this, it, this way of talking that whatever he's in, he's interested to watch and... It's like the mm. Sandler, like mainstream Sandler, comes out in that scene where he asks his wife for a second chance, and it's this class, like he's it's like please, can you, you know, it's like this mm-hmm. drawl that he's got that he he talks without opening his lips. Yes. But um. Oh, oh, and also when he's watching the game at the end and he's being so annoying. <laughs> oh yeah, um, when he's what does he say? <laughs> and he says, "Oh yeah, are you enjoying this?" And he just goes, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love um, that. And, yes. and um. Uh, yeah, no, I I think the the casting of him and his performance in this is more more interesting than Punch Drunk Love. Um, yeah. Purely because I feel like this role is him, and it's not such a sort of like I do I like I like Punch Drunk Love, but it does feel very much like a kind of self conscious like I'm going to cast this really mainstream actor in yeah. a weird role and be like you know. Whereas like Santa just fits into this world, he yeah, almost this is him. It feels yeah. Like. When it w- there's that shot of him walking down the street after he's had a fight with his girlfriend, uh, and his like shirt is all fucked up, and he's like mm. walking on some scaffolding in Manhattan. And <laughs> I was just like, he could, he could be part. of... He is that. You know what I mean? He yeah. could. He could. He's just as real and as um, like undefined, but in a good way, th- as like the two old men, the two like middle aged guys <laughs> that come up to him and. Um, we'll talk about more about that. <laughs> um, or you know, or as any of the actors, because the girl, what's her name in the movie? Julia Fox. No, what's no, her? No, Julia is her Julia name. Is, she's in called the Julia character. in the film. Right, but they knew yeah. her from like for like ten years, and she. This is her first role, and I was when I knew that, I was blown away. I was she. I thought she was great in the movie. She was really good. Yeah, she was really good. And, and the wife, she's like a famous yeah, singer, right? Yeah, the wife's right? great. An opera yeah. singer. Yeah. I think she's actually ma- her performance might be my favourite. When yeah. she's like, yeah. I hate your face. Yeah. I hate your stupid <laughs> face. <laughs> but there's that the, so the thing with the the blew me away with her is when she when he's in the um in the uh, not glove box in the trunk of the car and <laughs> she has to come out yes. and she doesn't say a fucking word yeah. and you just the way she runs in those high heels yeah, you know yeah. and then just like kind of beeps the car. But her, her reaction is kind of understated. It sort of makes you think of like rather than oh god he's naked in the car. It's like it's a long line of fucking yeah. like Stupid things he's done in there, man. And she almost he's just smiles. So her she again. Yeah. It's yeah. like predictable. She doesn't he even question it. She's, she's just not like even yeah, surprised. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the cl- yeah, that's um, I also found the bit where she, like, Julia gets his name tattooed on it. Her ass, mm. and oh he's yeah. like, I don't deserve yeah, this. Yeah, he's crying, and then yeah. you <laughs> really feel for him. Yeah. <laughs> don't look I was like, me. God, you guys are perfect for each other. You're both idiots. Both <laughs> such idiots, yeah. Yeah. Like rub that tattoo <laughs> 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 well, who was saying her ass is fake? Uh, uh, we were. 
I mean, no, it's com- not, common sense. About that. Yes. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter if it is. But this is gravity and science. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> unlikely to be that size and have that. Ass. Yes. She has a very Scenario. small frame, but hey, she's really Squat, hot, so good for, yeah. good for her. So, who were the two brothers? Because I want because <laughs> <The> so, <two laughs> someone's, was it, was it you two? someone's got some information on that. The I want to know. Okay, no, no, not the Sasky brothers. Sorry, can I just say that I like p- I just put uncut <laughs> gems on Google and it cr- and it and, and it uh, puts it as mystery crime. Oh, really? It's not a mystery, is, is it? Mystery what, what mystery is that? Yeah, I don't understand. The mystery is how is this guy still alive? Th- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mystery is how does one get an ass that Okay, bad? so those do you know the brothers that I'm talking about? What the two that keep asking him for money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that's Okay, so, so there's this whole thing on the internet is like <laughs> apparently they are like uh Jewish. I don't know. But you know who I thought it was the guy from uh, My Dinner with Andre at first. I thought it was like a really deep New York uh, indie film reference. But yeah, what was I? I felt like the point of those. I mean, at face value, I felt like the point of those brothers was just to show like how he's pissed so many people. So many people of all different backgrounds. They're all chasing him, but I didn't really understand because one of them shows up later, right? He tries to get into the the room. He goes to. He talks to the girl. Uh, to, To the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to I kill do him. have to say that all of the intricacies of what uh, what he or what he actually owes, who he actually owes and how much is actually at stake sometimes lost me. Like yes. I didn't quite know. But that's what I loved about it like it was a 100 grand. Like the whole thing happens over a hundred. It's it's, a lot. it's it's Apparently. but that's the thing like this idea as like tr- you know quote unquote trained screenwriters and yeah. film it like we we think about the idea of stakes as being need to be really high, and obviously there was like a th- a violence, uh, you know, there because with the loan sharks or whatever, or the the brother-in-law's like henchman. But mm. I love the fact that this guy was the whole thing was over a hundred grand, and then in the end, the hundred grand is the thing that he borrowed to get the opal in the first yes, place, and it's great. just this whole this whole cycle, you know. And I think like. Sums up his character, no? Yeah, and yeah. Th- I guess the state for me, I c- it's not really. Uh, there's no debate because it's about emotional connections to it. And if it wasn't there, it wasn't there. But the hu- it, the stakes didn't matter for me. It was like I liked watching this guy so much, and I was mm. rooting for him so much that I just yeah wanted. I was waiting for it all to work out, you know. Yes. Yeah. This is quite interesting. Sorry, I just like randomly put it on on the the New Yorker because it's also a movie of cruel physicality, of the clash of textures, of the hard and the soft, the viscous and the solid, and even the ethereal. A tale of blood and fluids that starts in Ethiopia, where blah blah blah, blah and continues to a video screen in New York, blah blah blah. blah. It's but but talking about how like the sort of clash of this like ethereal abstract concept of what a gem can give you, or or you know the violence behind it and just numbers and profits mm-hmm. and yeah. solid yeah that's quite interesting yeah the kind of di- i think it was an interesting choice to start with that because it's nothing like when it came on the screen i was like oh this is nothing like they've done before and it actually gets at the i can't think of the word but like the absolute disassociation and detachment uh from 
it's um, like the detachment of the US consumer or Western consumer yes. from the source mm-hmm. of the For product, sure. yeah. you know, whether it's diamonds or whether it's H&M t-shirts or whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, like, yeah. it. and I think it was, they know that, they know that people that are going to be watching this movie have seen their other movies are going to expect the opening to be like mm-hmm. on the streets of New York or something. Mm. Yeah. But in actual fact, them starting in Africa just underscores that issue of um and then actually they open with that and then the climax is like theo was saying about kevin garnett uh, uh sort of you know saying where you bought it from some guys in africa and you're exploiting them guys and blah, blah, blah. yeah it is interesting it is sort of about profits and their sort of displaced feeling towards like material value and like yeah i don't know that is, that's an interesting way to think about it <laughs> or not think about it but see it so basically caitlin's like trying to get me to go and see emma tonight Game night, you should be stretching out. What is he, a coach? Nah, he's just a fucking crazy ass Jew. 